I do want to mention that Django is not here. We need to like get this is sort of like almost like a sort of comic book spiritual seance to yeah. summon him back here. This thing is going to go up next Monday. Hopefully it'll be enough <clears throat> to pull him back to Bellingham. How are we going to chant Django back if he's our chanter and he's gone? We don't chant. Oh, There's no right. chance in hell. We're do that. <laughs> <laughs> Was Brayton here? <laughs> no! <laughs> oh. Oh. And Roman, are you gone next week? Episode 103 by the Comics Place in Bellingham, Washington, where the boys, the boys, I can never have all of my boys in one spot at one time, <laughs> but um, where every Tuesday we pick up a bunch of comic books, I can't wait to get to this next part, every Tuesday we pick up a bunch of comic books, we bring the comic books back here, sometimes it's just some of us, sometimes it's all of us, I can't get there yet, I can't get there yet, where we bring the comic books down, we read them, we, we sort them, we count them, we, we come back, it's just comings been, and our lives. comings and goings of our lives, we talk about them, there's going to be spoilers, usually though, it's Big just spoilers. Django and Roman and I, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> this week I'm Jeff and I'm so <laughs> excited because... <laughs> Justin's here? Because Justin's here! <laughs> Yay! And uh, who are you? I'm Roman. <laughs> Sir Roman. The Hound. Sir Roman the Hound. Justin. Oh my goodness. Listen, I know that I've been with you since yesterday, Tuesday, which was your first official day back. This mm-hmm. is Wednesday. You worked a beast of a shift today. Uh, I was here. Yeah, nine, nine hours or something like that. It's true. Um, you're back. I've talked to you, so this might feel disingenuous, but I'm so glad that you're back. No one belongs here more than you. You have every right to be in this store and on this podcast, and we're so excited, and I'm just so happy that you're here because your voice, um, I didn't realize how much I, I knew I missed you. I didn't realize how much of my love of this job is just in making me fucking laugh and feel joy while I'm working. So I'm so happy you're back. Yeah, I felt like I held my breath until I got back here today. Uh, <laughs> that whole time. So it was it was awesome coming back and getting that breath of the life juice. Yeah, uh, that's because Roman holds his cheeks apart when he toots and it's disgusting. Yeah, and you have to hold it, hold your breath. Um, gravy. What was it like being back today? It was awesome. Uh, I've been unemployed for a month, so I forgot how much standing is involved with having a job. You stand a lot at a job. You walk a lot when you're, you know. Uh, yeah, so it feels good. I hope that you can maintain some enthusiasm because I'm sure with the shifts that you're working this week while Django I kind of have to gone, refine my enthusiasm. Burnt. Yeah? Not for here or the comics place, but just like remembering what it's like to be kind of like happy and jolly. And when you worked at a park, you're like alone in the woods, you know? Which is kind of awesome. Yeah, it, sounds, it was. That sounds awesome. It was cool. Um, but I also am a guilt ridden person. So when they're like, just go look like you're working. <laughs> and I'm like, what if I like want to do something? Like, just make it up. 
<laughs> and so I'm like, well, fuck, I'm fucking up. I'm not actually working. Oh, my God. And they're like, no, no, you're not supposed to, you know, get paid to do nothing. That made me feel really guilty and weird. And then I'd be in the booth. Which this job is not super different than that, though. Yeah. I mean, we're doing something all the time. Yeah, yeah. Always... It's weird to be paid to do a thing that does not suck as much as every other job it yeah. seems like I've had. Oh, though. my God. I don't know if this is... A... It is. Okay. I meant to call you, oh. Jeff, when it happened, but I had to clean the work. I've cleaned a lot of shitty bathrooms. I've cleaned the vomit in the hallway outside of the uh-huh. store. I've cleaned... Not our bathroom. I don't know if I've cleaned our bathroom before, but I've cleaned bathrooms in my life. This was... You know what stuns me is how, like, willing to do it you've always been. You're just yeah. like, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to... The janitor broke. My, like, oh, yeah, I'm a janitor. I'll do that. I'll just go and do it. No more. No, no more. I have yeah. This was the janitor died in this one. It was like five days <laughs> in into working in the park. Yeah, and there was a public bathroom, and some people were broken down conveniently in the park, and they were taking too long. Um, and yeah, it was like if someone took magic shell ice cream syrup and sprayed it everywhere, ev- like. <laughs> Shells from hell, baby. <laughs> it was it was terrible. There's nothing fun about that turtle coat. I had a yeah no. I had a pressure washer and it took like forty five minutes with like an industrial like. Boom. We had I mean not to like I know Django's not here so it's weird that we would be talking about poop this much but yeah. uh, but we had a we had a Tuesday morning where oh. I got in here yeah and whoever closed Monday night was supposed to have checked the toilets and they did not and the women's restroom was the most horrific thing I had ever seen. And I almost threw up all over the bathroom. And then I found Roman. And, like, he went in and looked at it. And he almost threw up. And then we sent Darcy in. And she almost threw up. And then Roman just, like, billed out. And, like, (laughs) went in there and cleaned it up. Oh. And and unplugged the toilet. Oh, Roman. God bless you. It was insane. Yeah, it was it when was, I was took a good forty minutes out of my Tuesday morning. Night. Yeah, cleaning this bathroom, like I went and had to get more cleaning supplies, and my boss was like, "Oh, what's going on?" And I was like, "This bathroom, like, messed up." And so she thought it was vandalism because the way I described it sounded so mm-hmm. bad. So she called the park. Kind of, it was though, right? I think it might. I mean, have been. like that level of pooping. Oh, that's and, vandalism. And <laughs> like, how did they how did they get it on the ceiling? How did they get it to stay and free? Or not freeze. But melt into the scene. Uh, but the park they had ranger, a gravity shifter. Yeah, they had web shooters. Oh, <laughs> but or in um, Punisher Peter Parker's case, web guns. Web guns. But the park ranger came in and he was whoa, 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 whoa. Good luck, kid. And like drove off. I was like, if the park ranger is like scared of this the guy who like punches bears, assumedly. <laughs> what have I got? Yeah. So I, yeah, I'll clean a bathroom. Comics, play- well, maybe not the one Roman cleaned. He but, saved the day. Uh, glad to be back. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so glad long, you're back. Long story short, glad to be back for multiple reasons. So this week we're going to be talking about Amazing Spider-Man number seven, Superman number four, Murder Falcon number one, <laughs> the Immortal Hulk number seven, a lot of sevens, Venom number seven, and Hot Lunch Special number three. We're going to be doing a, so there's going to be spoilers for those things, but because the heart and soul of this place has been gone for a year, and we have had our privilege highlighted in that we get to read all these comics without paying for them, we understand the plight of now 
having to pay for every book that you read with poop money. couldn't do it without <laughs> poop gold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that gold I got from poop scoops. Um, so what we want to do is a little catch-up cast. Yeah. And I think these next couple weeks of podcasts, hopefully, are going to be kind of similar. <laughs> Lots of spoilers, but also, if you've been interested in any of these books, we're going to try and give a sort of summary up until this point for Justin and for you, the listeners. And uh, hopefully, it'll get the job done. I guess first up, we've got Amazing Spider-Man number seven. This one is written by Nick Spencer and art by Humberto Ramos with a little guest spot by Steve Lieber. Justin, this is issue seven of this. Nick Spencer took over after Don, Dan Slott has been writing Spider-Man since the beginning of time. In this, <laughs> so this is the first, the, these, this is the second issue of Humberto Ramos doing art. The first five was Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley, the invincible dude. I remember being excited about that, thinking that he was doing the whole book, and then I got number seven, and it's Ramos. And I feel like you I've got been, robbed. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I've disliked Ramos Spider-Man. <laughs> Since I was a kid. Yeah, because that's how long Dan Slott and Humberto Ramos were doing Spider-Man. Has he, had he done that before? He did a Venom series, right, Humberto Ramos? He like, did a lot of Dan Slott Spider-Man run. I think he did sp- some Spidey before that, too. I think too. he did, really? too. Yeah, because yeah, I remember being like, maybe I don't Yeah, because like I remember not liking Ramos. Venom comics. And liking Dan Slott, and then Ramos like, got added, and I was like, damn it. I love this writer. I hate this artist. Yeah, he's not my favorite. So, um... They are really doing that every two weeks with comic book thing. They oh, are yeah. doing it. So what it is is they got a big lead time for Ryan Otley. He's doing five issues. And then they've been just sort of switching between two artists. So they'll do like five-issue arc, five-issue arc. And that gives the other artists Will the Otley time. come back? Yeah. Okay. So I think starting with like ten, it'll be back to Otley for another five-issue arc. So catch me up on this because Peter's got a new roommate. Uh, yeah. Captain Boomerang, who is charming as hell. So I read this Shh, issue. That's a DC character. Oh, sorry. This is just boomerang. Oh, just oh, boomerang. I was going to say, that sounds a lot like uh, who I got, thought it was. This guy's throwing things that come back to him. <laughs> who else could he be? Um, Roman, have you been digging the Spider-Man run? We're seven issues in. You've read all of it, right? I have read all of it, and it's all right. There's parts of it. I mean, the stuff in the bar and stuff was all great. The humor's great. Boomerang's characterization is, characterization is great, but I actually preferred um, Zdarsky's. Zdarsky's Spider-Man title, yeah. and that just ended. Um, I don't know. I, I like... I like him being with Mary Jane. I like aspects of this. There's stuff I don't like. I really like this, just Nick Spencer's take on it. So it seems like they're really intentionally trying to start the whole thing back over. Um, they started the first issue. They took away, they just actively were undoing all the dance slot stuff. So they took away his company. They took away like all of his science notoriety that he had gotten to sort of with that company and what, like, Dr. Octopus had done as Superior Spider-Man. So he's a kid again, essentially. Essentially, like. he's old, but he's a kid again. Yeah. And they even went so far as to have, like, Dr. Connors, like, contact him and be like, hey, I'm teaching again. Like, do you want to come back to school? Because um, some legalese found out that some of his college papers, while Dr. Octopus was him, copyrighted some of Dr. Octopus's other works, so they took away all of his, like, degrees. Oh, wow. Um, they yeah, stripped yeah, him of... Yeah. Because of that, they thought that Peter had plagiarized Octavius. Wow, that's... Because Octavius, when he was Spider-Man, and he's a Peter Parker's body, he finished Peter's degree. Yeah. Because he's like, I can't believe this idiot didn't finish. This is so simple. And they, like, knocked it out in a couple months. And, <laughs> and like, Aunt, you know, he's lying to Aunt May, pretending to not be Spider-Man and stuff. So Aunt May even is even getting to that state of, like, gosh, you're kind of letting me down. So they really are reestablishing that Parker Luck thing. The one yeah. big thing that changed was that he, he and 
uh, Mary Jane are back together. Yeah. And that's, I really dig that. So they got, really they got like it that. back to a point where, like, he's the familiar Peter Parker that... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed Dan Slott stuff with having Peter be basically a, a Tony Stark Jr. for a little while. Yeah. Because so, I knew Slott would get rid of all that right. and have Parker, like, screw it all up through some, not totally his own fault, but everybody thinks it's his fault. I've always liked, like, a Peter in a college. Like, it's... Yeah. <clears throat> he's not in high school, so he's old enough to be kind of on his own and stuff, trying to pay rent. Yeah, I love yeah. that too. I, he, yeah. sh- he should be relatable. Like that's the yeah. thing about Peter for me. So, um, in the first issue or second issue, he's hanging out with Dr. Connors, and they bring in the machine that you immediately recognize from Amazing Fantasy of like the 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 machine with the two balls and the rings uh, around it that electrify the spider. Is that the, the genetic spider. recombinator? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and they're fiddling around with it, and they've like reverse engineered it so that they can now separate the genetic code of things yeah. um, oh. instead of combining things. Oh, okay. They're separating it. And um, there's a big explosion in the lab. Some bad stuff happens. I think it maybe even involved some of the roommates or something. Taskmaster maybe showed up. Peter got hit by that machine, and what it did is it separated him into two beings. Is that still going on? No. Okay. Um, And what it did is we had Peter Parker with no powers, and then we had Spider-Man with powers. But it went so far as to separate, like, their memory and separate... Um, their understanding. So, like, Peter remembered Uncle Ben, but the person that was Spider-Man had no memory of that. Because he was born technically after the death of... Yeah, like, the so, like, all of the empathy and responsibility went to Peter, whereas... Oh, just power went to... Yeah. So, yeah. was he kind of a poo hound? He was a poo hound. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He, like, the Tri-Sentinel showed up, and he, like, went in there, and he had a lot of the intellect of Peter, so he, like, reprogrammed him. But then he was just, like, recklessly flying around this city and painted a <laughs> Spider-Man face on its face. And he was so just, like, like, the Spider-Man who knows he's cool. Yeah, yeah and, yeah, like, yeah. but it was very, like, Superman Returns. Like, he's just destroying <laughs> fucking cities <laughs> while he's doing things. Um, and he's just yeah. kind of a jerk as well. And, uh, and, like, Mary Jane is still hanging out with Peter, but one of the cool things I think that they did is they had her talk to Peter and basically say that, like, you know, you're great, but I appreciate that you're not Spider-Man, but, like, that is a part of who you are. And so I think one of the things that so consistently kept them apart was that he needed to go be Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and it didn't leave a, a huge amount of time for her. Um and she basically concedes, like, you're Spider-Man. I love that that's part of your life. That's who you are. I want you to be that. So anyway, they threw some She's science. taking, like, a holistic approach to yeah, the relation. That's you know, cool. Yeah. And through some scientific worthy McGiggs, uh, they brought the two of them back together because they were finding out that if they had been separated. They like, recombinated. They did. Yeah. They tested on some rats, and the rats started to lose their memory and then died. So they're like, we got to get back together. And that happened. And that was, like, the first arc. I loved the art. I loved the Otley art. That was my favorite thing about it. Yeah, I Spidey did, and Otley. Yeah, they do. Um, but and to me, so much of it, Invincible felt like a Spider-Man book in a lot of ways. For sure, he's right. Yeah. So that makes sense. So it was just a sort of a big arc to reestablish, getting those two back together, reestablishing Peter as sort of an underdog, um, integrating the strength of like his relationship with Mary Jane, and that he can still be Spider-Man. Doesn't have to keep it a secret. What else did you get out of it, Roman? I'm trying to remember because I because uh, they crank it out. Like yeah, a gravy and, and, train. I, and, and some of it. Uh, I'm trying to remember how they exactly combined Spider-Man and Peter again. They had some good dialogue between them. I'm not a huge fan of Otley's art, but it, you know, 
it was okay. I'm just trying to remember. There was so much that happened, and yet it didn't really stick with me that much. I mean, I've liked so far. I've liked the two issues of this storyline better than the first story arc. And I just wish that the other guy was drawing it. So this issue, yeah, yeah we have basically it's them. And re- you did read this issue. Yeah, I did. So we're hanging out in that I bar. I thought it was just Peter separated from Spidey. Oh, because he, he's just hanging out. Being no, no, the, yeah, in this they've issue. recombined nine. Yeah, it's just cool. that you know, Boomerang doesn't know that he's he's Spider Man. I, I had still this... had a little sticky point for me. Huh, Spider Man, sticky. Point. Oh, <laughs> oh, I love your Roman. Is the, is I love the, your Roman. I just can't believe, no matter how desperate they are for money and for a roommate, I just I have a hard time accepting that Peter be accepting of of a known criminal being his roommate. Yeah, but Peter, hasn't really it says that he anything. thinks he's kind of endearing. Like I think. Peter yeah, feels one, bad for Boomerang. He did start to, even though Boomerang's up to something. But yeah, I think he kind of pities him at first. The humanizing of Boomerang in this is hilarious and adorable. I really yeah, like and, that And character. that really yeah. follows up on, did you read Superior Falls no. of Spider-Man? I would like Spencer wrote that, and then that's where he started yeah, really like doing this characterization of Boomerang. And this is just continues right from that. All of that run, yeah, two runs. The whole like him building LMDs of his friends so they can play poker, but as soon as they start singing <laughs> for some reason, they all shut down. Yeah, and he's just like a lonely guy. Oh, so sad. So sad. Um, so who is this centipede guy that shows up? Yeah, here? I wanted to ask. Do you guys know who that is? I don't. I don't know who that he's is. He's quirky. He's intimidating in the way that he like. Yeah, he's got. He's making the king. I swear to God, down. I've yeah. seen Ramos draw him. Even. Yeah, I mean Ramos. Yeah, I think did has... Ramos do that X. Which X group was that? They had a TV show like before superhero TV shows were popular. Um, oh. It was I'm thinking of Maggot. Didn't Ramos draw Maggot when Maggot was one of the X people? I would believe in that. the 90s. I think that's why it looks so familiar because I think this might be a new. I mean, character. he looks like how when Ramos redid Hobgoblin, he looks like a yeah. Ramos villain. Though yeah, I think he, he looks pretty cool. So what's crazy about it is that kingpin just like bows down to him and i swear to god i've seen that centipede drawn before but um, do you think that's because he's got well that's what i was thinking is this the centipede mind like control power maggots, yeah kind of do you think he's worm tonguing him you're right in his ear, i didn't like... think about that but maybe you're right okay okay well i like that this is a new character i i thought that i just sort of was missing a big thing. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not a new character. Well, no, I, I just did a little bit of the internet, a little bit of uh-huh. internet love, and I found out that they're teasing a new unholy villain. So, uh, citation CBR, comic wow. book resources. An unholy villain. Ooh. So, it seems like Nick Spencer, I'm not super familiar with his work, but he does a lot of like crime and also like down on their luck guys. That's one of his things that he does. Like, uh, yeah, and kind of like that Django book, this the road? fix. The fix. They're like, all like lovable. Kind of scummy guys. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like that's kind of like, <laughs> you know, smaller, lower stories, like your street level. Yeah. And this seems like a pretty street level Spider-Man. Yeah. I hope that I love, as much as I love like Pete being Pete, I also love Spider-Man doing epic, mm-hmm. cool Spider-Man fighting villain stuff. Yeah. And this seems like a pretty, a pretty. I was, I was impressed with the, with the villainy. Yeah. I like this villain too. I just look at his picture on the last page. It seems to be a nice combination too of like the tradition of, of Spider-Man animal-themed villains oh. combined with like a creepy, like you said, Green Goblin type of just creep macabre vibe. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that he's Spider-Man has good themed villains. Oh yeah, yeah. Spider-Man and Batman are my two favorite rogues galleries I'd for say. sure. I give this issue an eight, and I give this sort of series 
you know, at this point, an 8 to an 8.5. Like, I really think that um, right now is a good time for anybody to jump on. We've just really finished the first paperback's worth of it. Yeah, it's it's cool. If you are looking for a good Spider-Man book, it, it's good. And so, Justin, you know, that's what's been happening with Spider-Man. Roman, yeah. what do you give this score? Um, I will give it, uh, I'll give it a 6.5. The series oh. will give a 7 oh, so yeah. far. Yeah. What'd you give it, Justin? Um... I would give it a seven thwips. Oh, I love that Justin does those. Um, Um, Superman, number four by Brian Bendis, Ivan Reese, Joe Prado, and uh, Inca Sis by Claire Albert. Do you think that's a single bound on that cover? Yeah, he's leaping over that Daily Planet in a single bound for sure. Man, I would give that cover a ten and the issue a four. Sorry, jump with the gun. (laughs) No, I... So, okay, so Justin... Yeah, um, I know you listen to the podcast, but mm-hmm. uh, it's probably confusing. So, yeah. Bendis is writing two Superman books. He's writing Superman, and he's writing Action Comics. Right. Before those started, he wrote a six-issue miniseries called Man of Steel. And Rogel Czar was in that. The bad guy that showed up in that. And that's the worst-looking villain I've ever Rogel seen. Czar. Worst yeah. name, worst history <laughs> They yeah, what's his shtick? He looks he looks like a hairball that Doomsday coughed on. Why is yeah, half he... of his face missing? Um, <laughs> he's from Krypton because some Krypton thing. And yeah, he's, he's a Krypton guy. He's not he, Krypton. He destroyed Krypton apparently. Oh, but yeah. in this issue, he says like he allegedly kills it, or he's supposed mm-hmm. to have killed. He, two times in this issue, it says like they cast doubt on whether he actually did it. I don't think he did it. Uh-huh. I think Bendis is like a. Talented enough writer to know that that's a big steaming turd of a comic book villain, <laughs> and that it's got there's got to be some fluke, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, so he, oh, so Rogel Gazar is the the MacGuffin kind of. He's I think he's a red herring, yeah, a red Rogel herring. Yeah. <laughs> so what's so that's weird bizarre. to me is that coming out of Man of Steel, there's action in Superman. Action, I love. Like, I love the art in it. Every issue has had great art. I love the story. I love the characters. There's been great moments with other characters in it, like Batman. And then this one has just dealt with, like... So in this one, at the end of the first issue, somehow Superman's flying away from Earth and he realizes that he and Earth are in the Phantom Zone for no reason that made sense to anybody. I've heard that on the podcast. How does he realize that? Like, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, everything's black and white? I or, don't know. Uh, he was, like, look, flying out, and I think he felt the energy, and then, like, the light was darker or green or whatever. I don't know exactly how he knew. Like, well, he then if it fooled it. him for a second, right? So he, he 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 was in it, but he didn't know it, and then he did. Yeah. Then what what is fundamentally the, the difference? Why is it so bad? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I'm living my... Yeah. So I don't really like Ivan Reese's art. I think that's a big hang-up on this yeah, for me. Yeah, agreed. Is it just has this, like, sort of... Every issue of this series has had this sort of stench of played-out art that we've seen over and over again. He's not a bad artist, but no, it's, it's just... it's kind of boring. It's boring. It's bland. The flashback stuff, there is, a, like, a five or six page... So the problem that I've had with Superman in general is that even in these bad issues which I guess I would say this is not a very good issue, but there's still some really good moments of Superman. And I would say that this five... Yeah, this five-page sequence of him talking to John that I had just... Yeah, is... Really good. Yeah, there's. I even think a, for the beginning of there's even an homage with Superboy smashing a car like on the cover of Action Comics. Yeah, which like, was awesome. For me, if Superman's done right, he could be my favorite superhero in an undescribable way. Like I would, I, I have a lot of people that I like personally really like, but there's something about Superman. He feels like Dad. 
Yeah. When I see Superman done well, I, I just don't think there's a better superhero. Um, so when, when he was being a good guy in this conversation today, that, that was like, that's great comic book. Yeah. That's what's... It was well paced. Like, it was yeah. good. It was cutting between two scenes. It was a conversation about his res- your responsibility to do well by other people, you know, and then while he's also fighting this villain and needing to live up to his own expectations. Yeah, it was a cool... He was kind of getting owned out of nowhere, and he had to kind of, like, practice what he preached from what he was telling John. Like, he was trying to, you know, own... Yeah, be... Res- yeah, it was... It mirrored what he was talking about, I thought, in a, a good way. So then, Ro- so tell me, Roman, you didn't like this. Tell me what you didn't like about this. I didn't love it either. Um, I haven't loved... <laughs> I, like, I think issue two I gave a four, issue five I gave like a five, and then this issue I would give back to a, another low yeah, score Yeah, I've been well. given higher scores to action than I have to this. Um, I guess just because action is more focused on the, the interpersonal relationships and characterization, and, and Superman is the big epic stuff. Some of the same complaints. I, I'm not. I used to like Ivan Rice more than I do now, but this, yeah, this art's very crowded. It's very busy. It's very and crowded. It, it, yeah, yeah, super crowded, and that makes it. I don't want to put in the effort to like make out every single little right. detail. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Big battle with all these dudes Garbage I don't care about. All everywhere. these Phantom yeah. Zone villains and Rogels are. Um, there are a couple of cool effects. This panel I just happened across. Rogels are hits him in the. The boom, the sonic boom effect actually happens with the issue of Hulk this week, too. That was cool. Um, it's just one big battle, and except for the flashback with Superboy, the rest is just not interesting. There's Jack Soar, who's a cool Kryptonian villain, but he doesn't do anything. There are some cool stuff with the Atom, and the Atom gets, gets the Earth out of the Phantom Zone. But even the whole, like, them being in the Phantom Zone thing is like, oh, the science lab fucked up and accidentally... Yeah, Star Labs did something accidental to cast them in there, which I don't understand what they did exactly. I guess I find myself, in every one of these issues, I've spent the whole time being like, this can't be what's really happening. And it just, (laughs) like, it's, it's such a dumb plot that it has pulled me out of the book the entire time, thinking that it's better than it is. Like, clearly there's something else going on. Yeah, and I and I yeah, and I hope you're right. I hope there is something. I'm I really hope Robles are sure. a red a red herring. I would say if you're looking for a Superman book, get Action Comics. Anybody listening, uh, you know, this I think will get better, but it's in a weird state right now. I would I would veer with Action Comics. So I give this series as a whole a four because it's frustrating. Yeah, and I and I would add Action Comics and check out Supergirl nowadays because she's off on a quest. She's got. I'm confused now because here Rogelzar has it on the cover, but she's got Rogelzar's axe, and she's right now on Mogo, the Green Lantern Corps, trying to track down clues about Rogelzar to see if he really did destroy Krypton. And that's been great. She's, she, her and Crypto are out yeah. going on this quest through space, and it's awesome. So, Action Comics and Supergirl. Did you read Supergirl this week? I did. How was it? It was awesome. Still awesome? There's a great... It's too short, but there's a great, on one page, sequence where... Her, she's trying to get, and it's freaking another cosmic stones now at DC. She's trying to get this stone away from the Green Lantern Corps. They're trying to get away from her, and and she's like throwing it to Crypto, and he's like fetching it and running. And but then the squirrel Green Lantern steals it from Crypto, and it's got this whole like he's flying away. He's like, is that all you got? (laughs) (laughs) It's cute, and it's Kevin McGuire art. Another book that I didn't read this week that you guys did read that is kind of talk of the town. Yeah, I've there's heard. a there's some People blogs are... up about it. There's uh-huh. a whole sort of group that was outside banging on the window before I got here this morning trying to get and this they were shredding book. right. They were shredding yeah, with like, guitars. Yeah! I 
with the murder falcon. Uh, yeah, they had just, a guy with a falcon on his arm. I was my best Iron Maiden impersonation. It was really good. I don't know really what it good. was. <laughs> You're my Iron Maiden. Oh, I love Eddie. you. You guys read this? My Iron Heart. This is uh, give me some give me some credits here. All right, dude. So listen, we got this big shithead monster running down the road. Oh, man, the Mel. cops are like, God, skipped right over the credits. <laughs> Roman, Just a second. Fine. Pause. Dead. I need that enthusiasm <laughs> back after we get these okay. credits out. Okay, yeah, it's Murder Falcon number one. Daniel Warren Johnson, creator, artist, writer, letter. Mike Spicer is colorist. Russ Wooten. Wait, says Russ Wooten is letter. I guess Bruce they both let, they got two letters on this. Yeah, I bet he good. did a bunch of those sound effects, like the squeeze and the crack. This is that great sound effect. Okay, go. Okay, uh, so if you want to just kind of lead back into it. So the cops are, they never know what jerk to do. Big monster. Yeah, thing. yeah. No one knows what to do with this hideous monster, right? So uh, the cops are running away, and finally this metal kid. Yeah, this shitty little van pulls up. <laughs> out, <laughs> out jumps from the shitty van this kind of schlubby, run-of-the-mill metal guy. And he's like, don't worry, cops. I'm going to take down this monster. Young Roman. Yeah. That's Young Roman, because he was into metal! this stuff. Metal! Yeah. And so I never get my hair that long. He's like shit-talking this monster. Pause. Uh, We just overmetaled the levels. That was crazy. We were jamming out here. Okay, so uh, young Roman, young Roman coming in here to weedo weedo the shit out of this monster. Um, he's he's gonna you know he says something cool. Gonna whammy. Oh, they're like whammy bar you back to hell, kid. You don't have enough weapons, or you don't have the right weapons for this. You're gonna get yourself killed. And he says, "I don't need any weapons, officer. I brought metal." Oh, so he wow. starts like shredding, and then out of nowhere, he summons Murder Falcon. Okay. Uh, and Murder Falcon, if you guys don't know, is a like ripped falcon with a mechanical arm <laughs> that is the size of his whole body. Yeah, and and he's a human falcon with arms. He doesn't have wings. Yeah, and if you want to know, like young Roman is teaming up with modern Roman. This is Murder Falcon is <laughs> so metal. You put a red I headband wish I could on. Use wow, this Falcon. art is amazing. It's so good, and the action sequences are are real good. Okay, but, but now I'm seeing a very large spider lobster. Oh yeah. <laughs> what hairy, horrible fangs it has. Yeah, I don't want to eat that lobster. Roman, uh, how did you like this book with that spider creature? Because if there's one thing we know, yeah, that's how you spell a fucking comic. <laughs> I didn't say fucking. You did. did you I? did. You yeah. did. I, Absolutely. Roman doesn't throw the f around. No, that. he doesn't. I, I, it was memorable. <laughs> um, I was I was shocked when I saw that thing, just just as our hero was when it crawled out of the corner. Um, but then I was I was overjoyed because they beat it with metal. They did. And then, it sure as Dunk did, they do a, a little flashback where you find out that something happened to Jake, the Weedoo Weedoo King, um, and he kind of. There's a flashback where he's angrily hitting his guitar and kind of giving up music. Oh, um, and breaks hey, up. All his, of us shredders have been there. Oh yeah, sometime, all of us shredders have been yeah. there. Uh, you know, sometimes the heart gets callous too. Oh my god, <laughs> absolutely. You have to wear that muscle down. Yes, you do. It would destroy you to leave your heart as vulnerable as the metal requires. Exactly. Uh, and you see people in town feeling sympathetic of Jake, and Jake's like this loner badass. And he has uh, dinner with his neighbors, and people really love his music. You figure out that he was he was a bit of a hot deal, this Jake guy. Oh, that art is so good. That diner shot, beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's a, so good. And then it flashes back to... Um, 
Murder Falcon showing up and explaining that these alien races feed off anxiety and oh fear and hatred. They come to Earth and that there's a line of special creatures that can be summoned with the art of music. Oh, jeez. So you summon music and they ba- – or you use music and you summon these f- creatures that are trying to uh, eat humanity based off of their, like, lower emotions, which is pretty cool. And then it goes into some really – Fucking heart wrenching territory where oh. Jake Weedoo Weedoo King lost his wife. Oh, his God. young wife. You and can't give me a giant human sized falcon with a it, giant yeah. robot arm and then drop that on. Yeah, there's real. Mo- and, and, and it turns out she was a, they met because she was a fan of his. And, and yeah, it's that's how they you can't met. resist a shredder. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah, one thing, yeah. there's one thing on shredders now. I know. It, yeah, it, it gets <laughs> juicy. Um, and I know I Ashen loved Extremity, yeah. uh, Mr. Warren Johnson's previous comic. I know uh, my good friend Nick read it, and to me, it's I read the first couple issues, and it was just like a cool sci-fi thing about an artist, and then I know it got real emotional, so the whole time I was like, when is this going to get kind of fucked up? And then I thought like, oh... Daddy issues or mommy issues or just, you know, classic, oh, he's an orphan. Every hero is. But then I'm like, what's wrong with you? A a young dead wife. That's, oh, uh, that that was. Who, you know, couldn't resist his allure. Now she's dead. So, like, how much of this is his fault? Exactly. Uh, And then they go, him and Murder Falcon like to drink beer. So they go and drink beer and (laughs) listen to metal. And they're like, wow, look at this giant thing we got to go kill. It was, it was like corny, but really like heartfelt at the same time that looks awesome it was when i was like holy shit these things are like attracted to him because he's super miserable and so using music to make your problems go away by summoning murder falcon it's like a metaphor for like art therapy i think it's so fucking cool yeah and it's so relatable i mean i i'm not a musician i never learned how to play anything but there's a scene where Jake he and Murder Falcon. Because yeah. his training in this book is like he is shredding when <laughs> yeah. he had hair. Well, you Master know, the, Shredder. You know that, that hair trauma, lost, he lost that the that hair. Trauma, I had to quit playing. He just wasn't in me anymore. But uh, when they're hanging out on top of on top of his van, just drinking beer and and headbanging to metal, it's like oh my gosh, and by by this lake. Yeah, I think that the my, final monster. My buddy you John Rodardi and I in high school hanging on top of his his red van, Speedy's Chevy van. We used to do that. Chevy. Chevy. <laughs> he had the he had a Chevy yeah, that no. was, uh, had all of us the youngsters music. swooning over. Yeah. Had the musical horn that played La Cucaracha. Oh. Uh, Chevy with La Cucaracha. Oh, wow. What okay. a Chevy. God damn, there goes Metal Roman and his Chevy. <laughs> the cops were always on the lookout for that Chevy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like he got t- he got tailed through time. <laughs> <laughs> just, Somebody catch that Chevy! <laughs> you can hear poison coming a mile and a half away. <laughs> no, no poison. It was Roman all was scorpions, <laughs> Judas Priest, ACDC. <laughs> Sorry. So scores, uh, scores. Oh, so and is, did you read the text piece? No, Back? I didn't. Oh, it's so good. Roman loves the text I piece. I love Statler. text piece because you get an insight into the writer. I should have. But yeah, he just talks about you, you know. Something so bad happens that that you you um, shred out. It makes you nervous to ha- take chances to have new experiences. You mm. know, he talks about like his own obliquely and just dealing with that anxiety and that kind of thing. This is much more than I expected it to be. Yeah, I thought it was since I know Extremity got like you know into some heavy emotional mm. ground, and he was heavy. nominated for like an Eisner. Maybe they won. 
heavy. Um, I didn't really read it. I thought this was going to be like kind of an equal, a pendulum swing. Like this is going to be his fun, goofy book. But I think maybe Daniel Warren Johnson just might be a guy who likes to center his stuff in real real emotions, which I, mm. which I think is cool for Murder Falcon. Yeah, it was good. All right. It was dark. Dark as gravy. Did we fact. get numbers? Because um, Phil needs those on the board. Oh, Phil. Uh, I would give it eight Chevys <laughs> <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> How many uh, Chevys? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it a nine. Oh, nine Chevys. Nine Chevys. <laughs> That's With a the lot. Fuzzy of dice Chevys. on the on the on the rear view. Yeah. How many yeah. Lacroix? Garage <laughs> honks. With chunga balls too, hanging all over. Like, <laughs> this is that all- is the worst van I've ever. Him. <laughs> yeah, but it's also kind of like every van you've yeah, heard of, right? Yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah it has the horn too. Yeah. Yeah, window van, everything. Yeah. Uh, Immortal Hulk number seven. Tell me about this. Is like, I really don't like the Hulk. What? I like. Uh, I'm with you. I have never cared about the Hulk before. I like the Marvel Universe Hulk because, or Mark Ruffalo Hulk. Why well, mostly just Mark, like Mark yeah, Ruffalo. Yeah, and I like how goofy and like goofy he is. I guess he's uh, funny. This is written by Al Ewing, uh, done by Joe Bennett. Art. Yeah. Let let Roman drive this car. Yeah, uh, I've been interested about this. We all have reading this because of you. I just realized on this cover, Doctor Strange is on the cover. He's not in the issue. Liar. Alex Ross, you bastard. Uh, yeah. Got us again. Um, you, you, do you need a recap of Immortal Hulk? I need, like, the whole synopsis. Give him the pitch. What's you going gave, on here? You guys gave me my birthday comics, and this was in it, and I almost thought it was a joke because I I've, <laughs> have said that I dislike Hulk. So I was like, did they just give me a Hulk book to be a little, <laughs> little stankers? And then I flipped through it, and I saw a Young quote. I was like, oh, I wonder if Roman put that in there because he knows I like Young and never read it. And then I heard you guys review it on the podcast. I was like, this sounds amazing, yeah. but I don't. Totally know what it's what's it. so. Give me a recap. Give me a Roman recap. Um, well, this series, the Hulk in a previous series that doesn't matter. Some Avengers series and blah blah blah. Time travel, um, Kang, um, <laughs> <laughs> the Hulk and the and the, and the Grandmaster. They're having a contest, and in that contest, one of them brings back the Hulk from the dead. Okay, to fight yeah, the Hulk Avengers. He was dead. And... Yeah, because he was dead. Hawkeye killed Bruce Banner, which killed Hulk. Yeah. Um, but now Hulk is back. Apparently. Bruce Banner can still get killed, but the Hulk wakes up and he's pissed because somebody killed killed his Banner self. Except now the Hulk has apparently he can. Oh, this week's Avengers also talks about that. He can uh, like look into people's soul and see what see their what's they're really about their darkest secrets that maybe they don't even admit to themselves or know themselves. Mm-hmm. And Hulk the makes you face that. All have inside. Yeah, either makes you face it or, or at least, you know, beats the crap out of you for it. Do you think that's from dying and coming back? You get that when you die and you come back? Well, so the other really cool thing is that pretty much all these issues have been one-offs, except for there's this two-issue arc with Sasquatch, who I didn't know anything about. But there's this weird undercurrent of he keeps having access to this green door. Yeah. And I guess we've seen it sort of visually but they mostly describe it as an experience, but there's like this green door and exposure to gamma radiation has somehow kind of opened it within their consciousness. And that seems to be where this other entity lives. So gamma radiation doesn't <clears throat> just affect like the body, it affects the, the yeah. mind or soul. Yeah. Too, which I think is a really yeah, fucking psyche. cool idea. Yeah. And so it's it seems like a real sort of metaphor for like 
a deeper, more powerful subconscious that maybe there's even sort of a personality behind. And that is sort of what the Hulk is. That's so cool. And gosh darn it, if that is not, in fact, so cool, like you just said. And, And I don't know, it's, I've never been attracted to, like, what the Hulk is. There's a podcast episode, I think, where you and I ask Roman, like, what is your shtick with the Hulk? (laughs) And you explain that, like, you like the idea of, like, anger and the repression aspect of it. And and this really, I mean, Peter David got in that on his run and everything. I mean, the basic appeal of the Hulk for me was always, you know, he's like the Frankenstein creature. Yeah. Just this big, raging, abandoned child that, Wants to be left alone, but also conversely, even though he won't admit it most of the time, wants guidance and love, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and this expand this series expands on that and really gets into it. Cause there's so it's an like issue, a Jungian Hulk book. Yeah, there's an issue it's, a couple issues before this where um, the Hulk starts seeing in a mirror, starts seeing uh, Papa Banner, who is an abusive asshole. He was I reflected think. in the shield in this issue. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. So his, like, dad is... Yeah. So, like, at first, the whole sort of metaphor that they're getting in is, like, when you look in a mirror, there's two people. There's you and there's who is looking back at you. Yeah. Um, And so that kept resulting as Bruce Banner seeing the Hulk on the other side of a mirror. But now, when we're, like, the Hulk on the other side of the mirror, what we see is Bruce's dad. Oh. Which is fucking (laughs) crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it freaks Hulk out. Yeah, I mean, he's scared because you know, that the one person Hulk's afraid of. Is yeah, because like, Banner's like that dad was an abusive fucker. Him. Apparently, he killed Banner's mother. Oh, um, so like it's heavy. It's it's heavy. It's not soup. It's not that heavy. I don't think as we just made it sound mm-hmm. like they. That's stuff that you put together. That's yeah. not directly there. I like um, that kind of storytelling. Yeah, about. it's it's Al Ewing. It's really really good. So this is issue seven. I think. For me, this was actually the weakest issue of the series. Yeah, I is this the is seven the last issue? Because it's a shorter run, right? I think it's on. I thought it was on. Oh, yeah. really? I think so. But this one is basically just a huge fight issue between the Avengers and Hulk, which they showed up at the end of the last yeah. issue. And yeah, this one's less. Previous issues have been definitely more psychological and horror themed. Like the first issue is is straight up horror story, and I like that idea. This one is basically an Avengers issue. Yeah. Though there's still a lot of stuff in this I really I really liked. I mean there's some stuff when the Hulk faces Jennifer Walters, whatever she's called now, Hulk or She-Hulk or yeah. whatever. He says some stuff to her to get in her head and it totally works. And even affects her after the battle is over cuz he's basically like you're just like me and she's like no, I'm not. And he's like and he points out how how maybe she is and she's like oh shit. Um, and she just goes on a panic attack. Oh, my that's God. That's so awesome. See, yeah. Hulk sees Banner, Father Banner, reflected in Cap's shield. See, I didn't even notice that. I thought it, I thought it was just, wow. It's a good comic book. There's right? some great Captain America moments in this because he's like, there's a great Thor moment. The first thing you see of Thor, Hulk hits him in the face, knocks a tooth out, and Thor's like basically concussed the rest yeah. of the issue and just kind of stumbling around. By the end, though, the Avengers have gotten him because they use this giant satellite and... Hulk is cut up into a whole bunch of jars, and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, this." Yeah, uh, I saw that page. Does, does the <laughs> government? Does the government take him? Who takes him? I forget. Uh, yeah, I forget too. It says government. That doesn't exactly seem like the most Avengers thing to do. Yeah, but they're shady. Yeah, they're shady. 
Yeah, that last page <clears throat> shocked me, as did this close-up of the Hulk's monstrous face. Oh, he just looks so scary. So I give this, I give this an eight, and I think the series, I think a nine so far, it's one of the, my favorite things coming out. Um, and I think that I just, in general, I don't like necessarily love a big beat-em-up issue, but I think that also this series could use that because it has not been there so far. Yeah. But it's, I think, the most interesting Hulk story I've ever read. Yeah, I'm sure. actually interested in a Hulk book, which... Yeah, yeah, it's been really good. And even this issue, they do manage to get in some, some good moral quandary stuff, like, as usual, Tony and Captain Marvel are arguing over the right thing to do, and they use this weapon that destroys a town, basically, and Carol's trying to deal with the survivors of the town and tell him, well, well, we just, you know, leveled your city and everything that your whole lives. <laughs> yeah, they they morally gray it up. Ooh. Yeah. That's what happens when you get a bunch of powerful people in a room together. Yeah, they start making big decisions because <laughs> yeah. it's fun. <laughs> you know, it really gets me hurt. <laughs> <laughs> let's blow, let's yeah. blow a town up. Let's change your population, people. <laughs> uh. um, I would give it... Uh, what did you give it? I gave this issue an 8 and the series a 9. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I would give this issue an 8. I mean, I'm not trying to the, convince uh, you of my score. Well, no, I was just curious what you said because I, I didn't hear it. Um, I would give the series a 10. Uh, yeah, I'd give this one an 8. It's so nice to like be around Roman at a time where there's a great Hulk book coming out and a Plastic Man yeah, series coming insane. out. Yeah, that's insane. You're in a golden I know, and the Hulk book had, 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 how do you say it? Sauce? Sass. Sauce. Sass. Sasquatch. That was one of the wow. most surreal things that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Watching it happen, I was getting visuals. I had no idea what he was talking yeah, about. Of course, you know. How do you say what it? What do you say? Sauce. Sauce. Because I realized after, uh, last time we were talking about it, it's I, I sound like a crazy man. Have I? Or I, I realize I'm mis- maybe I'm mispronouncing it. No, no, no. I'm saying sauce is pronounced, in fact, sauce. Oh, okay. Sauce. Gravy. Uh, yeah, gravy. Sauce squatch is yeah. how it's pronounced. Gravy squatch. Sauce squatch. Sass my bread like you like. <laughs> sauce squatch. Sauce squatch. Um, okay. So What's we really, um, I'm just going to do a little Venom number seven, which, Roman, did you read this? Are you reading this book by Donnie Cates I've and Ryan I've read every Stigman? issue except that issue. Do you like this series? Let's do a State of the Union, I, catching I, you know everybody and Justin up. On... I read the first one with you guys. Oh God, oh. I remember that. All I could do is make a symbiote pun. Yeah, that was and it was. I hear that on. movie's really good. We got. I mean, here it's really it. dumb, but we it's all fun. need to go see. Yeah, we do. Venom together. We should. We could all go do it tomorrow. Mm-mm-mm. I have to wait for eight days. Roman is leaving the state tomorrow. <sighs> yeah, Fucking I'm, I'm coward. Taking off this morning. He's so tomorrow. afraid of being disappointed in that movie. He's <laughs> running away. <laughs> I'm, I'm running to Boston because they don't have movies in Boston. <laughs> Um, it's, I don't know if this series is coming out because of the movie and they were planning that a while ago. I don't know. So, all right, we've talked about all these issues. So this is for Justin. Listeners, just come along. Um, Donnie Cates, Ryan Stegman, you read the first issue with us. And I didn't know how I felt about it. It really wasn't clear where it was going at that point. And I don't remember at what point in his Thanos run we were at that point. It was over, cause, or almost over, because I came and got all the issues. Okay. That's what I picked up at the shop that time. It's really taken that tone and kind of what so he's doing. So it's a little quirky. It's kind of quirky, but also kind of what he's doing in Death of the Inhumans is he's just writing every issue 
like it could be canceled afterward or something. Like he's just introducing crazy characters, referencing old things. That's what I love about him is he's lightning in a bottle. He'll just like, you don't know what a Kate's book is going to Yeah, and everything he's putting out right now feels like that. And in, and as such, it's just super, super, super fun to be reading. Yeah. Um, and I think this is my favorite one just because it's so like, Venom and there was his a Venom God symbiote. Yeah, the symbiote was like getting sick, but we realized the symbiote was actually becoming afraid. We realized that because we met this old grizzled Vietnam War vet that, that was it yeah. I remember turns that. out like had a symbiote as well, and oh, he had a symbiote as well. Yeah, and it turns out that the symbiotes were responding to so spoilers, Mama's everybody. Yeah, like we're talking about this run, but yeah, Mama's coming home. Um, some awareness of like a dark symbiote god that arrives in the form of a giant dragon made of like symbiotes that actually is only is being psychically controlled by this crazy ancient anti-god like you know like old god who is actually trapped in the planet of the symbiotes which is like a living cage because I think they're, like, afraid of him or something because he controlled them. Like, he made them. Ugh. He went, like, back and referenced Thor um, from Jason Aaron's run, issue number six, or, like, Gore the God Butcher. So cool. There's this scene where, like, he has that weapon show up that's just, like, a dark symbiote. And it's, like, that's what it is. Oh. So then that was in issue three of this. And then the value of Thor, God of Thunder, number six, went way up because technically now it's the first appearance of... That symbiote, which God, is in which a is, weird way, like the first appearance of Venom. Yeah, because like it's the beginning like, of time. Yeah, um, that's and, fucking cool. Yeah, so then like, sim, like Eddie Miles showed up, and they were fighting basically that big dragon, um, and the symbiote made contact with this larger symbiote dragon. It gained all this insane awareness of the history of the symbiotes, and gained these new powers. And he had like fucking wings. Yeah, and uh, then they like got attacked by some people and Eddie had to like burn his symbiote and the symbiote god because it had like four like formed together so he, like super venom yeah and he extracted it and he put it in a furnace and he like had this his symbiote on him and he like had to hold the door closed and his symbiote which is obviously they're all weak against fire was oh, like burning right. and dying on him while his body was burning and dying and he collapsed to the floor and that's where we ended with issue 6 so then this takes place a while after that. But we've also gotten these, like, weird one-shots. Like, there was one in uh, Vietnam where that old grizzled, grizzled Vietnam guy was actually in one of five people who'd been introduced to the symbiote. That was called Venom, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it's Nick Fury and Vietnam Wolverine hunting symbiotes in That's Vietnam. That's fucking cool. It is fucking cool. That's the thing cool. about Cates is he, like... And what I really like about comics is, like, you can turn comics' heads on each other. So they're like, fuck it. Uh, Frank Castle's ghostwriter, or you know, now centuries. Yeah. That, and Kate's like found that, and some comic writers do that. And Kate's made that like his shtick. And like, I he love can repurpose it. things yeah. in such a cool way. And it's, yeah, I mean, it doesn't hold the property too precious and you know, prevents it from changing, but also shows a huge amount of love and respect to those yeah. things of the past, which yeah. is better than being static. So, so then what do you think of this issue, Roman? I haven't read it. 
Oh, fuck. Okay, well, anyway. Um, that's what's happening in Venom, and I don't really want to spoil this issue too much, um, but what I want to say is that he introduces a character who is, it basically takes place after Eddie um, recovers from that bout with the, mm. the flames, and some organization has captured him, and it's S.H.I.E.L.D., and he's being interviewed by this very intelligent, precise evil-sounding person, and halfway through the issue, it's revealed it's the Maker, which is the oh, Ultimate yeah. Universe Reed Richards from Secret Wars. And he's, like, being contract to go in there and, like, get the information. information. And I just love that character because it reminds me of Jonathan Hickman, and it is just, like, that Kate's thing of, like, you're combining these two things that I love. <laughs> like, it's amazing. I love it. It's It doesn't... You know, every, it's really easy for IPs to feel like they can't change, and he mm. just changes things enough that it just really does feel like you're reading new stuff. So I, um, that's you know, to catch you up on Venom, uh, I give it. Um, I mean, because the art is also really, really gorgeous. So I give this series a nine, and I give this issue a nine as well. It's. I thought it was really good. I I read this issue. Oh, you did? In, yeah, going in cold, um, because the maker, and. I love him through you. I, I don't have a huge amount of experience with him. But I thought it was really cool that they're kind of seeding that this organization is big and bad. And then you realize that Maker is just, like, working for them, essentially, or working with them. It's not like he's the mastermind villain. I was yeah. like, who is this super evil thing that makes that makes the Maker right, and like, want to join them? And they tease that. He almost explains at one point, like, who he's working for. Yeah. And you're just like... Yeah, who is this? Like, you're it making me love comics and the mystery of comics and how they can become this big, uh, fun, cool thing. Yeah, um, it was really cool. Uh, he's tap dancing on my heart. Yeah, he's like, yeah, taking Lincoln Logs and Legos and smashing them together to make a whole new, a whole new thing. He's, yeah, what he a just great metaphor, Justin. Yeah, Thank he, God you're back. It was a really <laughs> cool issue, and I never thought I'd like. Venom always seemed kind of like a. Like a throwaway, like, I like yeah. the character. Like, how can Django love it yeah. so much? I mean, he's the biggest fan I know. I've never seen, like, I, that I, tattoo? Yeah, oh my god. I was amazed. I heard him even say that he likes Venom more than the Shadow, and I never thought I'd hear that. Yeah, it's yeah. buck wild. Yeah. So, well, didn't, didn't the Shadow, isn't he kind of loosely based off the fifth dimensional concept that, you know. Is Batman? That, well, and is also Venom, right? Or yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, they they kind of come yeah, from the they same They both have those, those black capes and cloaks yeah. and things. They're basically symbiotes. Do we have to bring up the coolest point of this issue, which is that in talking to the Maker, and the Maker is sort of making Eddie feel small about how little he knows about his own symbiote, which has been a theme of this run, he mentions, like, the waste that the suit, like, the oh, symbiote yeah. excretes. <laughs> And he's like, surely you didn't, like, what did you think that green slime coming out of you was? <laughs> and it's like, when it takes in things, it excretes this green waste out of its mouth. And, like, when it was getting, oh. getting shot with a bunch of bullets and it was turning it into waste. Um, and I was just like, you just incorporated those artistic flourishes that people take of the slime that's yeah. never been consistent at all <laughs> and made it part of the canon and I love it. It's yeah, such so a good cool. uh, it was so well done. I just grin like a dummy when I read uh, his books. Yeah, they're so fun. It just feels like a little kid getting to play with all of his favorite toys. It's we are just you know, I hope that people like hearing a lot about few things because yeah. that's <laughs> what this episode is. <clears throat> uh, who want, Who else wants to talk quickly about something? Uh, hey Justin, give me that uh, give me that Emmy juice for the Punisher. Uh, the Punisher. So what if 
<laughs> Peter Parker became the Punisher. Well, it would go a lot like Peter Parker became Spider-Man, but instead he killed people. So, you know, Uncle <laughs> Ben? No, he killed Uncle Ben. No, 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 Uncle Ben dies, and he's like, God, I'm a dick. <laughs> I feel responsible for these criminals killing Uncle Ben. Instead of going and, like, putting criminals in prison, what if I just killed them? Jesus. And so he does that, but then he's like, well, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should. And uh, then he, he fights some – oh, he fights Green Goblin and realizes that Green Goblin has got some bulletproof stuff. And he at first just steals Uncle Ben's – or the Uncle Ben's killer's gun. And he's like, I'm going to kill people with this in like a Batman fashion because Batman used to carry Joe, Kill's gun, Joe Chill's gun around. Oh. And then he's going to go shoot uh, Green Goblin. Is Gwen Stacy okay? Uh, he saves Gwen Stacy in this one and then just decides to get married. And then uh, Spider, what if Spider-Man Peter Parker was no more? Or Spider-Man Peter Parker Punisher was no more. Uh, and then he throws it away and walks away. Oh, that's the, funny. That's a, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but that's a reference to <laughs> oh, the Spider-Man 50 cover yeah. of him walking. I don't know if you noticed. Spider-Man no more. I don't know if I've ever yeah. seen a reference to that before. That's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not the most reference thing ever. <laughs> and then, so, yeah, so they set up this character and, like, they don't give him a very, it's not that he does anything too drastic. It's just like he decides to be a little more harsh and then he uses guns and then he ultimately they, I don't know if this is a, a thing with what if, but they retcon him in the same issue he's born. So he's like, well, I'm just going to get married. I I guess I do feel kind of bad for killing some Isn't people. Isn't the thing that they kind of end up roughly back where the universe would have gone? Well, some of the, some of the what ifs do, some don't. I mean, some continued like, if that's and a tradition, that. it makes more sense. But I was like, they set up a character in a pretty blase, blase way, and then they re- like, then they change yeah. his character at the end. I was like, if this guy's killing people, why would he just like, oh, I'm going to get married. I choose love instead. And that's like a line. And then they kind of repurpose uh, Punisher, and he finds the spider suit. And yeah. Oh, I give Frank it a Castle four. Finds the spider yeah, suit? They, you they, give it a four? Oh. Yeah, I give it a four. You know, the bummer about this is, is that he doesn't have that sweet uh, Punisher Chevy van. <laughs> no, he doesn't have that sweet, sweet Chevy van. <laughs> Micro stole the, best the Chevy thing about van. the Punisher is he's got that sweet, sweet Chevy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my if God. You look, Who's up here? If you look to your left. <laughs> oh, God. If you look to the left. Here, I'll slow down. I'll slow down. Everyone, here, I'll roll down the window. If you look to your left, you will see a Braden Smith in his natural habitat grazing. It looks like he's on a hunt. Um, it looks like he's carrying a are, are, are buckshot we, with him. It looks like he's got a big old gun. Oh, yeah. I will start this timer that I have, and you have to do a buckshot. Go. Give me a mic. Oh, sorry. I'll start the timer now. Uh, Exiles number nine was really, really cool. Um, I love it. It's uh, all these cool Marvel characters you see thrown into... Uh, like Arabian Nights, folk tales, um, super cool. Hakeem Strange was really awesome. Loved it. Uh, Avengers number nine. Gosh, Jason Aaron, why you got to do my boy dirty like that? <laughs> uh, Plastic Man number five. There's like three plots going on in this, and I think I only care about one of them, but I care about it a whole lot. Definitely made me tear up. Oh, oh. Death of the Squirrel Girl. Gosh, that sucks. <laughs> but. Uh, there's a funeral, and all the Avengers showed up, and I love it when Ryan North gets to write other superheroes in the Marvel Universe. Um, and then I don't know if any of you read Sparrowhawk last Get week. Get it in here. I wasn't on it. But either. it was real good, and I liked it. And we've only sold one copy, so come buy this book and check it out, because I liked it a lot. What was it about? It's about this cool girl in, like, kind of colonial uh, Britain. I like the Who art. comes back to stay with, like, a noble kind of family. It's got some really cool art. 
gets us into some weird fantasy through the mirror type stuff where she has to like kill these fey creatures to gain their powers to get out. Is there any reference to an island-faring magician who's chasing his internalized version of fear throughout the islands and has to always, either he's always running or always chasing the fear? Yes, exactly that plot. Okay, because that, that's the name of, Sparrowhawk is the name of the main character in Earthsea, and that's, mm. that's Earthsea. I want to read that Oh, box. my God. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Holy jeez, wow. you just flipped it all. Yeah, I was around. like, Sparrowhawk, what? And then... Okay, mm-hmm. listen, we've got a little time left on the clock. So oh, yeah. did they kill Squirrel? Yeah, Squirrels? I saw a funeral yeah. and... A Squirrel Girl has fallen, but Squirrel Girl is on the case. Oh, oh my God, have you thought about writing pitch, pitch <laughs> then? Yes. You have. Yes. You would be great at it. I want to. Um, anyway, just opt in to say that... Uh, uh, well, just um, a second. I uh, oh, appreciate yeah? that you're you trying to get more? out of here, but can you well, also? Yeah. I want to listen. Yeah, I, air your grievances with this publicly. It's Let's 2018. Get it out there. I think we can move away from the misogynist creep characterization of Namor. Um, yeah, like, if, especially if you're trying to make me sympathize with him as like the bad guy in this, but also like with good reasons. Like, just yeah, let's make him not be like that. I don't know. Like, whatever. I haven't read this yet, but I know he's a real bad guy in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he back to being even badder than before? Oh, surface yeah, no. dwellers beware! Oh God! Yeah, and I know we Namor. Know Rome, or we know Brayden loves Namor. Absolutely, I, I sympathize with him being reintroduced in a main way mm-hmm. and having him be a jerk. Have you read Jonathan Hickman's New Avengers? Where he's a, a part good, of the a good chunk of it. A good chunk of it. Yeah, I liked him. I really I liked him in that. that. Me I'm too. curious about your Yeah, turn. he was. Um, How do you feel about him looking all edgy boy? Oh, yeah, I love it. Okay, oh, you do okay. like it? Yeah, I was no. like, I don't know. I don't I... know. Like, why well, do we have to cover up his shoulders? It's not, I, I don't know. Sure. I mean, give me the shoulders, I'll take him. But as long as, like, that torso is bare and open to me, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's good enough I for me. I kind of thought, like, some of the appeal of Namor is, like, he's real naked. Like, oh, he doesn't yeah. care. Oh, he's, yeah. And he's real mean and real naked. Yeah. Like, yep. that, that is a type of courage that... Absolutely. Yeah. Most surface dwellers don't have. He's got such an interestingly shaped head. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's very... He's like, like, I guess I don't want to say aerodynamic, because oh, yeah. but awkward dynamic. I don't know. Good for swimming. <laughs> yeah, I guess they minimize it now. But back in the day, he had a sharp edge and it was kind of oh, flat yeah. up top. He, he was, he was like, just plowing through submarines. That's true. Oh my God, that's got to yeah. be it. Yep. Shaped his head. He's a swimming bullet. He's yeah. a submariner. <laughs> Faster uh, than a swimming bullet. Um, but no. Uh, uh, Chip Sadarsi is going to be writing a new Invaders series coming out okay. in a few months, and oh. Namor's going to be in that, and I'm real excited for that. Is it edgy, okay. edgy Namor with those shoulder pads? Mm, we'll see. Okay, Braden, thanks so much for okay, stopping yes. in. Uh, also, welcome back, Justin, oh, uh, the man you. who taught me everything I knew, and mm. then some. And he taught me some today. How to oh. love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, folks. Bye, buddy. Um, gosh. What a buckshot. What a buckshot. Pulled that gun out of the Chevy. Pulled it out of the Chevy. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I mean, like, we're in the finishing stretches here. I guess that I do want to talk quickly about Hot Lunch Special, which we've talked about one and two. It's by Elliot Rahal and Jorge Fornias. Roman, did you read one and two of this? Did you read this issue? I did. I did. Yes. I read it all. One, two, and three. Damn. Is this, like, quietly one of the best things you've ever read? Because... 
I think it is for me. The fact it's, that... It's really good. I, I don't know if it's one of the best things I've ever read, but it's damn well, good. Well, sorry. I mean, the best thing's coming out. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yes, for, cert- for sure. There is this incredible sequence near the end, like, spoilers. This is a crime book about this family that is involved with, like, filling up vending machines um, with food around the country, and they're... You know, the person who started the company, their great-grandfather, made a deal with a shady organization. We find out about sort of exclusive rights to some meat and the discount and whatever, a crime relationship was born way back in the day. You guys talking about it on the podcast made me really want to read it, but I could not remember what it was called. And I was like, how do I go in there and going into a comic book shop? Like, what's that real good meat crime book, you guys? (laughs) But it's like kind of They're going to be like, it's the beef. Uh, Yeah. like, no... Um, but like, there's this sequence that is one of the most tense things, and like, a cop gets shot. Um, I don't know. It was incredibly cinematic, inc- incredibly yeah. well done. And there's some really interesting usages of like paneling. Like this, uh, a page has got six horizontal panels, uh, and it's this couple, and they're arguing. And as the argue gets more intense, it breaks the panel. Uh, into instead of one horizontal at a time, it's like two, and they become further apart with negative space between them, and then they like reconcile and come close together. It's just really mm. interesting stuff I haven't seen before, and I don't know. I, I I've never read anything from this artist, but I will read everything that they do. They're really really good storytellers. Yeah, this is very. It's there's so many crime books, and this is really original, and it's really. I mean, you really care. Other characters. I love the fact that kind of the main character, I forget her name now, but the mom whose son was accidentally killed in the first at the end of the first issue. In this issue, she's part of the, this whole family and their illegal dealings and everything, but she didn't know about it until this issue. And she just kind of segues into, into this clarity after her son's death where she's like, no, you idiots, to her entire family. It's too late for that. It's too late to cover this up. It's too late. Let's just... And she just kind of starts grabbing the reins, trying to. I mean, the whole family is against her and just writing her off as being hysterical, but but she's not. She's not hysterical at all, and she's such a strong character. How does Django feel about it? He really likes it. I texted him last night, and I said, make sure you've got a copy of Hot Lunch Special because he's taken all of his books with him to read, and he texted a picture of that sequence of... You know, the shots and the, then the full page of the, the dead police officer. And he said, uh, it is remarkable that this is not the best sequence in this book. Yeah. And I totally <laughs> agree with him. It's so, it's, that, that's exactly right. Like, that was one of the best scenes. Yeah. And it's amazing that that is not the best part of the issue. Yeah, and those two pages are, are nine-panel grids. And the page before that, the second panel, I, I still have to look at it to kind of figure out exactly. It's an overhead perspective of a jail cell, but it took me forever to figure out like what the gray space is. It's the floor of the cell. Yeah. And it's just so well done. It's crazy. So I give this issue a nine um, and the series a nine. Everyone should read it. State of the Union. State of the Union comics. I really want to read that book. Yeah, I'll give this a nine. Same thing. Nine for the series. The covers are beautiful. I love the... It's it's, it's a diner table and the coffee stain on the table and everything is... Just beautifully done. Uh, do you want to give me a, just a, a quick talk about something before we sail off into the great blue yonder with Justin uh, at a, and Justin I, at the wheel? I don't know. What, what do you want me to talk about? Which one? Which what do one? You, I, I haven't fun. finished it, She Could Fly yet, so I'd be rather not. I would, can I hear your thoughts on Avengers? 
Um, kind of like Brady. I I I love Namor too because you know he 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 took my name and spelled it backwards to get his name. Mm. Um, <laughs> I I I I don't know how I feel about Namor's new armor. It's 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 cool. It's kind of what silly. about that big death reveal in there? Big death reveal. Spoilers: somebody dies in here. It's a big yeah, deal. It's a fuck, dude. They killed him. They killed him. They killed him good. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember who died. I just read Stingray? The... Yeah. Oh, that's Stingray. right. I just they read killed... this afternoon. We had a subscriber come in and he was like, with that Namor issue, it's crazy they killed him. And we were like, what? And we thought he meant that he killed, they killed Namor. I even said, like, they give him a new costume, then they kill him? Yeah. And he was like, they killed him good. He's not coming back from that. They fucking killed him dirty. They fucking killed him dirty. It was awesome. We love you. We love you. I was really surprised at that because I was like, oh, don't kill Stingray because, I mean. It's a cool costume. Well, and he's him and Namor were friends. But, yeah, and I'm, I think. Did Namor kill Stingray? Yeah. So they're they're establishing. death. Wow, they are establishing that uh, Namor is real bad boy. Don't well, actually, I guess technically he beats up Stingray and then commands the sharks, his war sharks, <laughs> to oh. eat him, and they tear him up. Um, so Jason Momoa so is not the only bad yeah, boy. Yeah, Namor's really pissed. Uh, though I'm thinking there's some close-ups of here in Namor's eyes, and his eyes look like they're full of symbiotes. I mean, they're all black, oh. and there's no oh. there's no whites of his so eyes. So he's possessed. So I'm wondering if maybe he's possessed. Because it is kind of jarring to... On, on the one hand, I kind of like it, but on the other hand, I kind of agree with what Braden said, where it's like, you know, Namor's evolved past this, but though John Byrne, early in his Namor series, explained that the reason Namor has these times when he hates the service world and he's like, fighting everybody, and then times when he's like, oh, I'm an Avenger, I'm an invader, yeah, working with the service world. And John Byrne explained that, that it was basically a hormonal imbalances that Namor suffers um, because he's part human and part Atlantean. Hmm. And I thought that was a really cool way, of, especially because he did that, like, I don't know, late 80s, explaining it that way. So maybe they're bringing that back with Namor, or maybe he's possessed. Or... I I hope that it's causal. I hope there's a reason. Yeah. And he's not just kind of changing yeah. a character. But yeah, uh, I, I doubt it's going to yeah, just be changing. This Avengers book has been fun for me, but it definitely is, like, a lot more jazzy than his other stuff. Like, um, he swings wildly and fast. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a degree of uh, there's error. a couple of Jason Aaron's when he writes right like he's got his goofy stuff and his yeah like Wolverine and the X Men was pretty goofy yeah right? it was you're right yeah um, and this has some elements of the goof in and it and his Doctor Strange was super goofy yeah for sure yeah yeah I didn't care for his art this one actually might be not quite my favorite issue but I really like this artist better than oh, McGinnis yeah. and whoever Dude, was writing that last issue was so good yeah and that was better than McGinnis too and this one I like a lot David Marquez yeah he did the last one as well yeah oh he did okay yeah yeah he's he's one of my favorite artists he he was one of those Bendis house artists yeah and there's some a lot of good Avengers moments in here and there's a good there's a great I love moments between Steve Rogers and Namor because they were buddies and teammates in World War II so I really wanted Steve's to... the only person Namor like only Avenger Namor's like, okay, I'll listen to what you have to say. Read that Avengers book. That's and then I cool. thought it was McGinnis yeah. doing it. It's such a bummer. It's butt chins everywhere. It's, <laughs> it's butt chins. It's Chinfinity butt chins Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. That was, I couldn't do it. I yeah. I would read any issue that he didn't do the art in because I, I don't know. I can't. I hate to be a naysayer and I say know. nay, but I just, you. I just don't know what I'm looking at when I look at his. So she could fly. You're telling me without giving stuff away that it is coming back? Yeah. I mean, this issue wraps up. It's a really good wrap-up. We knew it was going to um, be four issues, so that's amazing news to hear. Yeah. And in the text, again, the infl- the text piece in the back, uh, 
he refers to this first storyline, how that ended, and he and he says that uh, somewhere in here he says that it's going to be back. It's not. I mean, he still has to write the next story arc, so mm-hmm. it's not like on a schedule or anything. But it's definitely going to be more. She cool. can fly. That's wonderful That's cool. to hear. Um, you read that first issue, right, I did. Justin? You liked yeah. it? Yeah, it was heart wrenching, though. It's so good, though. So good, so good. Um, yeah, I would say that we're all maybe a little. Uh, I'm I'm certainly a little less masochistic in in some of my tastes in yeah. comic books than I used to be. I like a nice. Ugh, Real dark, angsty stuff gets a little bit harder yeah. to read the older you get and uh, even just the way the world is going. For sure, and just something like a meditation on tr- intrusive thoughts. Like I know, what a thing. Yeah. When that happens to when I'm bad, it's I, like thinking about being bad, empathizing someone who's in that state, empath- empathizing with someone who's Puts in that state. Puts you there. St- yeah, and that... Like, I have been so sick with that kind of stuff before that, yeah. like, reading it, I was like, oh, that poor, poor person. Like, <laughs> I've been there. I know what that's like. Don't walk down I, those steps. Don't I walk down I close my eyes and think about it. I'm like, oh, my God. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Let's go on a walk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the things I liked about this this final part of this first storyline is that it's not just that. Yeah. At the end, there's – and I wish you had read this because there's, like, two panels here that I – not quite sure what happened, and I wanted to ask you what, oh, what well, happened. Well, we'll talk about it. But we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, but he does write in here at the back. Uh, it's hard to admit in a form like this. Uh, he's talking about writing about this kind of subject, but I do because I know there are a lot of people out there living in shame that are struggling and feel paralyzed by their heads. I just want you to know you're not alone. And I'm telling you that and writing this down so that I believe it myself. It's oh, like, oh, my God. That is a great motivation for writing, that is writing this comic, writing anything. <sighs> that is beautiful. But yeah, Paralyzed okay. by your head. Yeah. I yeah. will give you a 10 without having read it. That is yes. <laughs> that is 10 Chevys I'd happily yeah. drive, drive just about anywhere. 10 Chevys. <laughs> That's a fleet of Chevys I wouldn't mind having in my chaser. Mm. What'd you give it? So, oh, uh, I'll give it a 10. Good. Oh. Yeah. yeah. 10 Chevys. 10 Chevys. Nilly. Listen, everyone, medication. thanks for hanging out in this sketchy Chevy of ours. <laughs> uh, we know that that ice cream ad on the side uh, is a little bit misleading. And, and it's us three. <laughs> and it's yeah. the three of us with a podcast <laughs> set up, and then we just pay that guy to kind of drive it around <laughs> endlessly while we do this. We appreciate all y'all for being here with us in the back of this Chevy. I know it stinks. <laughs> I know it stinks. <laughs> and but more, that's just kind of Roman. Yeah. You know, he's got a Chevy. It's yeah. going to smell like yeah. he lives in the back of this Chevy. But thank you for joining us on this Chevy-filled gravy chain. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. Is that all do, you got? Do, do we have a – do we have uh, – there's some numbers that people oh. get a hold of us, ask oh, us questions. Oh, yeah, everybody. Pitch you us should ideas. call us because there's a voicemail line that you can get to. And, I, hey, Justin, do you know the, the phone number? I don't. And <laughs> oh, I don't God. imagine anyone wants to call us after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so good. Ask this question. So, the, yeah, this is a little bit of a, you know, recapping, getting yeah. Justin back on board yeah. and also giving people a summer chance. Um, I hope that, you know – you guys like it because we're gonna keep doing it oh, because yeah. I love I love Justin. I need you on the same page as me. Oh, I'm on the same page, and we're better than Namor. Just slightly off. <laughs> What's did you just say? We're better boys than Namor. Yeah, we are. A couple couple bad boys ruling the streets. One six one nine six six three seven three three six. Call and say hi to Justin. He's here. It goes straight to a voicemail. I won't scare you. Um, I also definitely want to thank our sponsor, uh, Murphy's Apple Juice. You can go to murphysapplejuice.com slash papcast. Uh, 
I can't think of a better beverage that I've ever had. Yeah, I really like the way it feels when it is in my mouth. In my <laughs> mouth, inside my mouth, and when it comes out of my body. Wow, wow. <laughs> Makes every bathroom I go to smell You know what I like about it is it has apple. similar properties to kombucha in that they yeast that shit up if you yeah. get their extra yeast from them. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of chunky. Yeah, yeah, there, it's, yeah, it's got a scooby in it. It, yeah. it. it is chunked the fuck up. Yeah, it's got an apple mother. <laughs> <It's got> <laughs> a... <laughs> I, I bet the Namor drank Murphy's. He'd be okay. Yeah, yeah a, there's a there's a Murphy's facility in Virginia that we went and visited uh, for my <laughs> sister's wedding because that's where I was last week. Here I was at my sister's wedding, and inside the giant brewing facility, they have this <laughs> giant. Steel uh, brewer, and they have a bunch of candles around it. And 24 hours a day, there are people <laughs> praying to the Apple Mother. Mother, uh, <laughs> your Apple Mother, bear fruit for us one more year, and we will harvest. We shall feed on the <laughs> juice of your womb, Mother. Yeah, but it cleans you up. <laughs> so thank you, Murphy's Apple yeah. Juice. If you go uh, to murphysapplejuice.com slash papcast and enter the coupon code papjuice, you will get four free bottles of Murphy's Apple Juice. Um, I don't think that the Super Scoby uh, bacteria uh, version is in that, though. So you have probably have to pay extra for that. What's that, Roman? Can we do a quick little plug? Yeah, something, please. Something important in the comics world we should probably mention. From Hell, the the Master Edition fully colorized first issue came out this week. And none of us have read it yet, but it looks really cool. It's colored, and uh, if, you know, the sort of stark black and white nature of the original book was one of the things holding you back, or just how dense it was, this is like broken up into really, you know, manageable issue sizes, and it's colored, and it just, that is a real big selling point for me on a book that I've never read uh, I, because it seems impenetrable. Yeah, agree. Yeah, this is really awesome. It may reach out and touch you. <laughs> Did you see that Warren Ellis has a quote on the back? No. It's my all-time favorite graphic novel, he says. Wow. That's crazy. I was like, That's gosh. Crazy. I've been told things about it, and it sounds great, but it's spooky, and that black and white art used to spook me away, yeah. so I'm glad to sit down with a big old scoby-filled Murphy's apple juice and... Uh, chunk it up. <laughs> chunk it up. <laughs> Uh, oh, Jeff, I'm that guy, and I'm happy to have you back, Justin. <laughs> uh, I am happy to be back and to be drinking Murphy's apple juice finally. Yeah, you get it free here. You had to yeah. pay for it over there. Yeah, I know. I'm Namor, and I'm also very happy to have Jeff back. Or <laughs> well, Jeff, Jeff, too. But <laughs> Justin back. <laughs> we just got to get Django back. Yeah. Uh, well, I know he's, he's procuring some of the apples for the harvest. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> The mother, the apple yeah. mother. Uh, so ends this seance to bring back our beloved uh, commander. Um, thanks for listening to episode 104, I think. Three. I think we started at three. Was it? We forgot to say last week. We, we, without you, we were rudderless. We forgot to say what episode number it was. I think I said we, 103 <laughs> at the beginning, but it's actually 104. Oh, is it 104? 104. Okay. Uh, I believe it's 104. <laughs> We gotta check the data tables. Phil, well, Phil, no, Phil, Jesus. help us out here. Phil's just giving us a thumbs up, which is absolutely <laughs> ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs>